My family has a New Year's tradition that we've been doing for several years that I recommend that you try out. And it's basically this. We all get in the living room and we all bring our calendars from the previous year. Yes, that sounds very boring, but hear me out. Because what we do is we get our calendars and we just go through, starting in January, everything we did last year. And it is amazing the things that you did last year. You're like, and so there, the reason that it wouldn't work for me is because I use calendars in a traditional way. I schedule future appointments. You know, my calendar would look like, you know, Tuesday morning staff meeting, Thursday meet with Jeremy for coffee, you know, mom's birthday is this day, whatever, right? And that's probably how you do your calendar. But my wife and my daughter do calendars a little bit differently. Yes, they schedule ahead, but they also use it a little bit like a diary. And so not only do they write down what they're going to do, they write down what they actually did do. And so their entries are really cool. Like when we start in January, it might say, hey, that was the day on January 5th, we went to the park with some friends. And we all remember like, oh yeah, we did that. Or that was the night we had that really great dinner and, and we wrote it down. My, my, my daughter's really good at writing down the good food that she had. In fact, like three times on her calendar, it said, dad took me to McDonald's to get a Big Mac. That is worth writing down, right? And so it's a really fun tradition because we get to remember the things that are behind us and know, you know, what's coming ahead. And um, so we remember some things that I forgot we had done. Like I, I remember for the first time that back in March, we had like five really big pine trees cut down in our yard. That was a big deal for our family. It reclaimed like square footage in our yard and we could play games out there. And it was exciting to remember that. In June, we took a camping trip that I totally blanked on. There's a group of friends from college that we go camping with about every other year. And, and my daughter was like, oh yeah, we went on that camping trip. And I was like, wow, that was this year? Also COVID pandemic has made memories difficult, hasn't it? Is it just me? Like it's hard to remember what you did. There were probably 20 things that I forgot that I had done. And going back and reviewing was a good reminder. It's important to remember the past so that we can plan for the future. That's the first big idea this morning. It's important to remember the past so we can plan for the future. So this morning, I want to take some time to remember 2021 as a church family. There's some things that we need to celebrate. There's some things that we need to remember. And uh, you, many of you already got like an end of year letter in the mail um, in the last couple of days that we mailed out. And if you haven't, you should get it soon. If you never get that, it's probably because we don't have a good address for you. So please make a point to uh, actually in the connection cards in the seat, you can write your address and Give it to someone at the coffee bar. That probably would get to the right place. Or just let me know. We want to make sure you get those things. We don't mail a whole lot of stuff. But So as I was writing that letter, I had the same experience that I had with my family, which was, we did that this year? So let me remind us of a couple things. These are celebrations that we as a church family need to celebrate. Do you remember that on February 7th last year, after 47 weeks of not meeting in person and only meeting online or outside, doing some event. February 7th, we regathered for our services. That was a big deal. Does anybody remember being excited about that? I remember waking up that morning feeling like it was Christmas. It's like, wow, it's here. We're doing it again. Uh, about once a month last year, we had a gathering to get together and hang out. Like I got, I got a handful of them here. Back in April, we had a big church picnic. The April picnic was the first time I think that many of our families actually decided to come out to a thing. Because things were, if you remember, COVID was kind of really dying down around that season. And so I remember seeing people that I had not seen in person for over a year. 
at that picnic. Uh, we did lots of other monthly things. In May, we did a beach worship. A lot of you remember the Wilson family, Brian and Victoria Wilson. We said goodbye to them that day, and we prayed for them, and they've moved to Florida as he, as he took new work. And like, that was a special time to share. Uh, also in May, the youth group sponsored a big youth rally at Camp Kirkwood. It was CCYC at Camp Kirkwood. Some of you guys were at that, and that was really great. I think we had like 70 students from Wilmington from a couple different churches gather together and do that. That was a blast. Uh, in June, you guys remember going to a Wilmington Sharks baseball? game a handful of us went the sharks just tore it up in like it was extra innings or the ninth inning it was like this great ending uh it was great you might remember that we did church at the park at longleaf park and that was fun and after that we had a baptism and that was really cool uh we had our birthday picnic at smith creek park uh we had a church family camp out at camp kirkwood in october we also had church outside there was a lot of other things that went on it's good to remember because as we look towards the future we can think about doing some of those things again we had all kinds of opportunities to serve our city last year and so we serve, for example, through uh, our Serve Together Sunday, where we, we don't do a service on a Sunday, and instead we set up projects around the city to do. That was great. We, we, we built this uh, YMCA youth hallway back there, and we did some stuff at a school in town. That was fun. We served uh, the uh, foster care pantry in several ways, by washing clothes for them. And we served the uh, uh, back-to-school bash by doing an offering where we bought a bunch of book bags for kids in need as school started last year. A lot of really good things. You might remember this, season's, this fall's uh, season of community where we did a trunk or treat in October. Uh, we hosted 23 cars to serve uh, families in foster care. Now, we had partners in that. There were several churches and organizations involved, but we get credit for all 23 cars because we were there, right? That's how that works. And then we, uh, in, in November, we did a food drive to feed hungry kids. Do you remember? We, raised, we collected over 600 pounds of food for Nourish NC, again, with our partners. In, at Christmas time, we were able to collect gifts through our Christmas angel giving tree for 93 kids in need this Christmas, this past Christmas. Isn't that cool? You remember what's in the past so that you can plan for the future. You might remember that we also saw the launch of Canvas Church in Goldsboro back in September. Uh, I talked to their pastor this past week and they're, they're not even six months old. They have no idea what's ahead of them. Um, but it is so cool to see that their church is, is doing well. Uh, we had our men's and women's retreats in October. Probably the biggest thing to celebrate was we had five individuals give their life to Jesus in Christian baptism last year. My son, Silas Willard, did. Uh, we had Cameron Hooks, another one of our teenagers, Lindsay Norman, Crystal Holcomb, and Richard Godwin all just decided to be baptized last year. That is, that is huge. That's like the biggest thing that we try to seek for is for people to make these lifelong decisions. Some things to celebrate. Another big thing to celebrate, one of our core values at our church is generosity. And so one of our things we love to do is just take care of people's needs in whatever way we can. And one of the most tangible ways, obviously, is finances. Do you know, I shared some numbers a couple weeks ago, but I have some more solid numbers now. We gave away as a church, I believe, about $35,000 last year. That's a lot. Of, can you as your family imagine giving away that money? None of us could do that by ourselves. But together we were able to do that. It breaks down kind of like this. Over 11000 of that dollars went into local families and people in need through our Elders Benevolence Fund getting people into housing, paying for their medical bills, helping them out with an electrical bill or just a need or doing some work on their house. Like these are things that are able to, because of generosity and you guys stepping up and doing that. Uh, the ministries that you supported this year with a lot of the rest of that money was through uh, just monthly support that we do. We, we support three missions organizations that plant churches. So they're called Stadia, Waypoint, and Church Planters of Eastern North Carolina. And so a percentage of our offerings every month go to those organizations planting churches. Uh, we support every month Roanoke Christian Service Camp, which is in Washington, North Carolina. That's where our teenagers go to camp. That's where our men, we have our men's retreat in the fall. Um, 
and, uh, and, and a ministry called Vigilant Hope here in town. Vigilant Hope serves people living in poverty, and we're able to support them every month. And so isn't it amazing that we're able to do that? And a lot of that came from two big offerings that we had. One uh, in Easter, and one that we just had a few weeks ago, a generosity end-of-year offering. In Easter, you might remember, you guys, we collected over $4,000, and we gave that away to new church plants, uh, Goldsboro, uh, Canvas Church, and, and Jacksonville, to restore church. Uh, we split that half and half. And then the money that was collected a few weeks ago was over $5,000. And that's going to go into our benevolence fund to help people next year or this year, 2022. Isn't that amazing? We can celebrate that. You've got to look into the past so that you can plan for the future. And so what I want to do just in the little time we have left, because I'm not going to keep going, is I just want to take a look at some scripture. Now, we normally dive deeper into a specific text and we spend, you know, the majority of my time digging through that. But I, I, I found what I believe might be the best New Year's passage in the Bible. Uh, I've known about it my whole life, but only this week that I realized, like, oh, that, that really works great in the first week of the year. So if you got a Bible, we'll be in Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 7. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen behind me, so you can just read along. But the Apostle Paul's talking, and he has just spent a little bit of time celebrating a lot of things he could be proud of. He's like, you know what? I'm a pretty good, uh, I'm a pretty good, Christian. I do everything right. I got everything right. But he basically is like, you know what? All these things that I have done for God, they really don't amount to anything if I don't know who Jesus is. And so in verse 7, he picks up and says, listen, this is what is most important. Verse 7, but whatever were gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. He's saying, even though all these things that we do are awesome, it's nothing if Jesus isn't involved. It's nothing if he's not at the center of that. And it's nothing if he's not changing my life. In verse 10, we'll fast forward a little bit. He says, I want to know Christ Yes, to know the power of resurrection and the participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. So for a Christian, the reason we do the things we do, you know, to the world at large, I talked a good chunk of that was about generosity. And, and, and the world at large looks at giving away money. I mean, sure, like billionaires can do it, but the average person is like, I'm trying to keep as much as I can, right? Like, I need to keep my money. The world thinks that's crazy. The world thinks that, uh, you know, putting myself out there for someone that I don't even know is, is, is crazy. But for a Christian, the reason we do the things we do is because our goal is to essentially become, and this is a phrase I'm going to use a lot this year, our goal is to essentially become an apprentice of Jesus. To find the way he lived his life and to try to live our life that way too. To become an apprentice of Jesus. So we ask these questions. How would Jesus respond to people in need? You know, how would Jesus raise our kids? How would Jesus choose to entertain himself? How, how did Jesus work with people who were far from God? And so Paul wraps up what this passage with what might be the greatest New Year's passage. We pick it up in verse 13. He says this. So brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We are here, the kingdom of God on this earth, to keep moving the ball forward for his kingdom. And that's the word I want to leave us with this morning. After Christmas, 
my family did what a lot of people are doing is cleaning up Christmas decorations. And so we took our tree out and started taking things down. And then we got really carried away because we started cleaning. We started like deep cleaning. We're vacuuming. We're moving furniture. And before long, there was some work I had wanted to do in the living room for like years. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. It involved taking everything out of our living room. So it was completely blank. And I did some like drywall work. I put up some molding, like all this stuff that needed to be done. That's a long story. I won't even get into all that. But I had this like light bulb moment. Uh, when I got to the point where my room was all empty and it was clean and it, it felt like New Year's Day. You notice how ridiculous we are at New Year's? We make these plans. Like, I don't know why we couldn't make these plans three weeks ago, but now, and then you make all these ridiculous resolutions and there's jokes about it, right? We're not going to keep them. We know that. But I had this moment. I realized this room is, is like a metaphor of New Year's Day because right now it's empty. And so my wife and I played this game as we started putting stuff back in the room. We were like, let's, let's see if we can only put back into the living room what needs to be in the living room. Anybody else have that problem? Like there's stuff in your room that's like, why do we have this? I don't even, we never use this. And so we started and we we're putting things back and we're like, what, do we use that? Well, no, we need to give that away or we need to throw it away. It needs to get out of the house. And so we're doing this stuff and we're putting things back and, and we ended up with a box of books that we're going to, you know, donate we ended up with like junk junk but it, but it was contagious okay it, it it spread to our bedroom so then me and Lindsay were like okay let's go in the bedroom so we're like I'm going through my sock drawer and like throwing out t-shirts and like we're getting rid of books and then the closet and it was therapeutic because it's New Year's and we're all crazy at New Year's we, we just have new habits that we never had before but the lesson that was learned there is that we needed to get rid of anything we didn't need and we needed to only keep what we do need and I think this can apply to our spiritual lives as we look at 2022. Uh, as you empty the room of your life right now, because it, it feels a little bit like an empty room. I know we have the baggage of last year, but there's like this little window. It's, we're in it. We're in that window where it's like, I can make some changes. <laughs> so your room's a little bit empty right now. My challenge is only keep what you need. Get rid of what you don't need. Take inventory. What does your schedule look like? You packing it full of a bunch of garbage that's just killing you? Stop. Just stop. You have, you're in charge of your calendar. Just stop putting stuff on it that you don't need to do. Your money's too tight? Okay, don't spend money that you don't have. Pay off your debt. Like these are things, these are New Year's resolutions. I, this is not an, a motivational speaker talk. The, let's get into the spiritual stuff because what I want to do is give you our challenge for this week. And so for a long time we've been doing these challenges. And... Uh, I want to give you this week, in fact, I'm going to give it to you, and I have a challenge for some of you that are like type A note taker people. The rest of you, I know you're not going to do it. But some of you, here's something, there's an idea. Get a notebook or an, uh, an app on your phone or something where all year long you'll keep up with all of the challenges. And keep that as kind of a journal of things that you want to do. Because these, this is about being apprentice of Jesus, okay? So these are some ways. So this is our first apprenticeship of Jesus challenge for this year. It's this. This week, answer this question. What obstacles stand in the way of me being fully devoted to the Lord? And what steps will I take to make myself a better apprentice of Jesus in 2022? Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's pray.